On today's episode, how a personal experience with hair loss led my first guest to her passion. And the reason that that is such a passion and I'm feeling it even now is because I know the shame of hair loss. That feeling that is deep to a point where a person, you know, it starts to affect them mentally as well as physically. And on the Coach's Corner, you may be surprised at what your closet is telling you about your life. You girls don't know, but your closet is telling you everything, okay? Everything. It's telling you everything about how you feel like you belong in the world. It's telling you um, what you believe you can achieve. It's sharing with you your limiting beliefs. And it's doing it by your dressing behavior. Welcome to the Joy Sutton Show, where it's all about joyful conversations to inspire your life. When you show up in the world as the best version of yourself, you give other women the inspiration, courage, and permission to do the same. It's my time to take care of me. What made you think you could do it in your 50s? You know, I didn't think I could do it, to be honest with you. I was scared to death. We are all on our own journeys, but we can do this together. And there's something powerful about sharing our stories and the wisdom we've learned along the way. So let's dive into today's conversation and get to living our best lives. You have to step out on faith. You have to take the first step and go for it. There's often a life-changing moment that leads many people to a certain career or a passion. For Tanita Favorite, it came years into her profession as a cosmetologist after an experience with her own hair. I've always had a passion for hair care in the industry. But sitting in the chair that day as she went in to um, get started and trim my hair, and my hair is usually very full and thick. But on one side of the head, about maybe the size of, let's say, maybe a quarter or a larger coin, um, it was a circle round um, clear patch. And she said to me immediately, have you been stressing? And I'm like... Probably, you know, but it's no more than normal. Um, and what I mean normal, I mean the stresses of life that you deal with. And so when that started to happen, I was like, my, you know. And so I went to my doctor, my primary at the time. And as I said, you know, she talked to me about stressors and different things that happen in life. And basically what she said is that my body was trying to tell me that I need to find another way of handling the stress. And then there was another experience that I had where almost like the palm of my hand I experienced. And that's when I was shamed. But then I went on and cut my hair and because it was thick. I could, you know, I could do the spikes. So people that in, in my industry, cosmetology, we may be able to camouflage that, you know. But I was working in a school setting. You know, I taught, like I said, I taught in a cosmetology program and the students were, you know, working with the clients. And I saw a lady come in one day and she sat in the chair and it was just a glaring look on her when she had to um, try to have something done to her hair with people around, you can see the shame and the embarrassment that was on her face. And I remember that when I was working on covering my own. And then usually what happens is they're going to go into some form of hiding and they may start to use cosmetic things, which would be, you know, the wigs or the hair additions. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Having those things. What causes the problem is if you're experiencing the hair loss and you start to do that as a means of correcting it, which is temporary, and you don't address what's happening underneath the skin, that's when it becomes an issue because it could lead to advancements and the hair loss being permanent over a period of time if you don't address it. Wow, that's deep. I think, you know, going back to that lady in the salon and then 
just having your own personal experience. Do you remember when you realized this was your calling? Those were the moments. And I think what may have finalized that for me was the what I just told you about. The woman, when she came into the salon, the look on her face. And I was like, wait, I'm the hair care person. I've been in this industry. I can style hair very well, you know, as far as cosmetics, but I can't do anything about this. And I've gone to a doctor and she knows some things, but how does this come together? Because people, when they're experiencing hair loss, you send them to the doctor and they get that part. But I think that there's a disconnect between the um, doctor and their cosmetologist, their um, hair care specialist or something of like that. There's a disconnect. And that's what started it because that experience for me, for a person to be experiencing that and being hiding and not have anybody to go to, there was a gap. And this gap would leave Tanita to become a licensed hair loss and hair care specialist and to establish No Hair Shame Incorporated. Our entire mission is to bring awareness of hair loss in society. And the reason that that is such a passion, and I'm feeling it even now, is because I know the shame of hair loss, that feeling that is deep to a point where a person, you know, it starts to affect them mentally as well as physically. And I know this the sight of it when I see it on someone, and that is where it basically started. So this platform, No Hair Shame, is going to allow people to express how they feel, hopefully allow society to start to have an awareness about alopecia, hair loss, um, and how people are feeling so that people don't have to be shamed. They don't have to hide. People don't have to suffer in silence. I know that just me personally, once I hit my 40s, I noticed I was experiencing some hair loss. And I was like, oh my goodness. I remember thinking, okay, what's going on? I had been getting relaxers all those years. My hair had always been so thick. And I was like, what is going on with my hair? And so I ended up transitioning to natural to not put as many chemicals in my hair to help. But I can only imagine you know, how many women are going through this. I also have a family member who literally, I think she, the crown of her head, she doesn't have any hair. And she used to have all these different hairstyles. And as she got older, all of her hair left. So are we seeing more women and men and people dealing with this? I know you kind of mentioned that, but what are you seeing in terms of the impact of hair loss and just the effects on society and how many people are really dealing with this? And maybe we're not even really talking about it. We're just covering it up. Right. We're not talking about it. We are covering up because I think people think hair is just what you see on the head. And believe it or not, you have to look at hair loss holistically. So it is about what we're eating. What is going on in our lives? It is about nutrition because there's different types of hair loss. You may have the regular genetic hair loss, and that is a result of aging and what could be going on in family. With women, a lot of times it could be hormones. A lot of people don't realize different things with your hormones can affect it. Definitely at the menopause for some women, right? And when you look at hair loss, you got to look at the whole factor that has happened. Because I know of a situation where a lady, she had... um. I think it's the IUD, which is the means of birth control. Um, she had that put in, right? And as a result of that, her body started to change. She started to experience some hair loss. She didn't know that that was the reason. 
So over a period of time, she started to experience more hair loss, but she started to go and get hair additions again, extensions and stuff put on. But the root cause hadn't been corrected. And I said all that to say this. The more that we have health issues and health conditions going on in our society, the more we're going to see changes in hair and hair loss. Just a simple surgery where you need anesthesia could affect it. Yes, it could. So sometimes we just don't know. And there's postpartum, you know, um, alopecia after having a baby. Your hormones change. They shift. It's so broad. You'll be surprised. And then there are some situations with just simple... um, inflammation in the body could affect it. Diabetes, you'll be surprised. There are different things. Wow, even diabetes? It could, yes, because we're talking about insulin levels and that affects your blood. That's what supply your hair follicle with all the nourishment that it needs. So if anything is traveling through there, that is an issue. Medications, and it doesn't mean that medications are bad. It just means what do you need to do if you're on a certain medication and it is affecting your blood because it could affect your hair. Let me tell you this. The one thing about hair that people need to realize is that it is a non-essential organ. So your body is going to take care of everything else that is needed and your hair will get it last. So we need to make sure that we are doing what we need to do in regards to nutrition, exercise, whatever stresses are happening with our bodies so that the other organs are getting what they need and maybe your hair follicles don't have to get what's left over. And I want to make sure I get this in. So in our last class that we had, believe it or not, indirectly or directly, COVID is effect, has a, an effect on hair loss now. Wow. So one thing could be, yes, one thing could be indirectly, it could be the stressors of it. People are losing their jobs or they don't know how they're going to pay their next bill. Or, you know, if you have your kids and you're at home and you're trying to balance work and homeschooling your kids, there's a higher level of stress, which would be a temporary type of hair loss, right? But it does happen. And then for those that have actually experienced COVID directly, have had the virus, we are talking about an internal issue there, right? Where it's medical again, and we're back to it. Wow, I think that's huge. You know, we're in the midst of this when we're recording right now of COVID and, you know, figuring all that out. But hair loss being another issue potentially related to that. People are starting to lose their hair based on having COVID. Wow. We definitely want to get that in there because I think that's very interesting and people may not even think about that. So when people come to you, would you say, are you able to figure out the root cause most of the time? And are you able to help most people? Is there hope? You know, I'm hearing all this. I'm thinking, okay, it could be, I'm getting older. It could be genetics. It could be traction alopecia. It could be, you know, health issues. One, like I said, are you able to help most people or figure out the root cause and what have you experienced? It varies. And and this is the thing what people have to realize when you're dealing with um, the consultations and the treatments for hair loss. It's not a quick fix. And the person has to have the patience to be able to go through the time frame. Because if if you come in and we realize that you need to have the blood work done and um, the doctor is prescribing the medications that are needed to balance out or to correct whatever is happening. Once that's done, then we have to go through the process of doing the treatments. And it's, it may take a few months, but yes, there is success in it. What is it like to wake up every day and to do what you do now? Oh, yeah, that's great. For me, your passion and doing is not work. That's that's pretty much what it is. It's not work, it's what you do. 
And there's a satisfaction with that. So for me, it's helping people. It's talking to people. Your mind is always going because you're trying to figure out how can I improve this? So for people out there that's like, I'm not quite sure what my passion is. What is it that you're doing all the time? Or what is it that's on your mind? Or what is it that you're good at? A lot of times gifts and talents, they become passions and they can become businesses. That was a power-packed interview. I learned so much about hair loss, but also how life gives us clues to help us find and follow our passion. Check out the show notes to learn more about No Hair Shame Incorporated. Are you a coach, consultant, entrepreneur, or author who wants to learn how to leverage the power of the media to increase your visibility, credibility, and profitability? I'm now accepting applicants for my She Shines Academy. To learn more, check out the show notes or go to thejoysutton.com. Coach's Corner, ladies, I want you to take an inventory of your closet. My guest, certified image consultant and professional life coach, Michelle Charles Gustafson, says it may be your wake-up call. Through her hue and style process, she is helping women tap into their superpower. She says how you dress is not about the clothes, it's about something much deeper. So if a woman is looking in her closet right now and she's thinking, Like, I don't really love anything that's in my closet. Is that a reflection of what's going on in the inside? What is her closet saying to her in this moment? Okay, you girls don't know, but your closet is telling you everything, okay? Everything. It's telling you everything about how you feel like you belong in the world. It's telling you um, what you believe you can achieve. It's sharing with you your limiting beliefs. And it's doing it by your dressing behavior, So if you have things like, I've got lots of volume, but nothing to wear, that's a clue. If you have things hanging in your closet with tags on them, that's a clue. If you are predominantly wearing the same thing over and over and over and telling yourself, it's my fashion uniform, that's a clue. If you are wearing um, certain uh, values, because black is not a color, it's a value. If you're wearing certain values, black, gray, white, even some instances of like, you know, muted beiges and things, if you're wearing that exclusively, that's also telling me something. And what it's telling me is that you are stuck in some way. That's deep. Okay, so I'm gonna have a transparent moment here. I know, like, you know, I went through a time where I had my television talk show and then I left and moved to a new city. And I had always been on TV and I went through this time of dressing where I was very, very frumpy. I'm still trying to come out of it. And I remember my mom going, what is wrong with what's going on? You know, my family was like, you don't normally dress like this. Like you put makeup on. And I was like, but this is me. I'm just embracing me. But the truth of the matter, as you were saying, I realized that I was like stuck, you know, I was like going through like that transition that you're talking about. And I was trying to kind of like find my way in the world. But I used the excuse of, you know, as you're talking, I used the excuse of, well, I just want to be comfortable. I don't, I don't really have to do my hair and my makeup. And, and by the way, we're in COVID. So 
nobody's seen me anyway. So what does it really matter? You're exactly right. I mean, what are you thinking? Yeah, that's the breakthrough that you have. The breakthrough is that you start to see where the, the limiting beliefs that are talking to you. That idea when women say, I just want to be comfortable. <laughs> no, 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 honey. No, that's not what it is. Because there are clothes that are comfortable, but also perfect for you to present your entire personal brand, to have you show up, to, to make you feel powerful. But you telling yourself you're comfortable is you saying, I'm not comfortable showing up. I'm not comfortable being seen. I'm not comfortable being heard. And that's likely because you've had a transition where you're not sure what that means to you. You're not sure what your definition of yourself at the moment is. And so you don't, you're not comfortable sharing that. And especially like if you're coming, like I can totally see it, you know, coming from TV show, accolade, big thing. People know you, you had a persona of yourself. And when you come out of that, you're like, who now? Who, who am, who am I? Who? I don't know. So then you tell, then you tell yourself, I just want to be comfortable. No, you want to be comfortable knowing yourself, but you don't know your way to get there. And that's that piece where it's like, you do this coping and confusion and chaos in your dressing and it's showing it to you. And what needs to happen next is actually something that women don't realize. You need to go into discovery before you start shopping. Girl, I already see I need to hire you. I'm like, Michelle, I, I brought her as a guest on the show. And I'm already like, okay, she is all in my business. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, but you know what? This is what I this is what I do because you know, for women who are personal growth driven that understand that the thing they want to do next has to do with who I am at this moment. Like who I was is not going to get me where I want to be. They are always interested in discovering themselves because they know they have to. They know that in order to have hope for the future, they discover who I am at this moment. And then they look at opportunities to change and become that that has to happen. If you are not a changer, you are staying where you are. If you're happy with that, congratulations. Welcome to your life. But if you're not happy with that, there is always a path where you're needing to renew and energize yourself and prepare yourself for the next step. That's just called growth, right? And most people think, you know, I just want to go and get dressed though, Michelle. Like, can you just can you just, and I, you know, like how long the process is this? Right. Well, and the thing is, it's like, I used to, I used to just do a color draping, like, okay, here's your seat, you know, one of 12 seasons, here's your season, but they wouldn't work it where it would change a mindset. And so they'd fall off. I'm going to just go get black. They wouldn't realize that by staying in your human style color palette, you're actually activating all of the mindset that will take you to your next level. They thought it was just colors. It's not just colors. And so it's a revelation when you have the breakthrough that goes, holy man. So if I need to be someone in order to create the things I want to create and see her, I have to be able to see her in the mirror. That's what's happening. 
when you do it right. And you know, Michelle, I think what happens for a lot of women too, and I'm sure as they're listening to this, is they're stuck in who they used to be too. Absolutely. You know, and for me, like I said, the TV thing, but it was also because I used to be skinny. You know, I used to be, and I went through this thing where I'm like, okay, all this, and then I put on the weight. And for women, that could be having a child. It could be life transition and their body and things are shifting and they're stuck in who they used to be. And they don't know who who they are and how to move to that next level. And like you said, it's showing up in their closet. Yes. Wait. Okay. Let's just go there, ladies. Okay. Can we just please? Come on. Bring it on. Bring it on. Yes. (laughs) Let's just put it on the table. Weight changes however they present themselves. Pregnancy, not, you know, having the baby, losing a child, uh, health concerns that cause that weight to go up to the... That body image, you guys, when you look in the mirror, it's literally the first thing you look at, right? You use the mirror as a tool, you go to it and you look at yourself and then you say some stuff. I'm going to pause on that. You say some stuff and I want you to know that what you say, number one, you're not alone, but number two, what you say is cementing how you activate your confidence to do what you feel like doing. So if you say to yourself, oh my God, this is too tight. Like, what is this role? You are automatically self-sabotaging yourself against winning at your goals. I need you to know that. Because there's a mindset behind what you're saying to yourself in the mirror. And I know our bodies go up and down, sideways, move up and look. I mean, we do all the things. But there must be an embracing and then an honoring and then a gratitude for that body. And that is built over time with process. You don't just show up in the mirror and go, hi, body, I love you, if you've never said that before. It doesn't happen. You don't just all of a sudden go, I'm absolutely in love with my body because you read an Instagram post that said you should. That doesn't happen. It happens through discovery. Remember I said discovery? And seeing yourself as valuable. That comes from discovery. Who am I? What do I have to offer? Why is right now in my life and what I'm doing important? Mm -hmm. People think that personal style is just what I like and what I'm drawn to. And let me go to Pinterest and pin a bunch of stuff on a board and then copy that model that I saw. That's not style, people. Style is an expression of your deepest held values. And what you need to know I use six personal style profiles. Each of them has a roster of 10 values. It's not like, um, oh, you know, stripes or something. No, 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 no. I mean values like strategy, charisma, that you value independence or you value freedom. Those are values. So your personal style is an expression of values. A lot of women, you know, they see where you are today and they're like, wow, this woman is amazing. But There was a time in your life, Michelle, that you didn't feel your best, that you went through your own struggle and stuckness and all of that, that got you to where you are today. So for women who are listening, 
this isn't just something you're preaching. It's something you live. Take me through what happened for you. What was your wake up call? Do you know what, Joy, Um, your wake up call of leaving TV and the bigness of it was very similar to mine. I high achiever. Okay. Look at, I will say I'm a type A in recovery. Okay. That's how I categorize myself. Um, because I've always been a high achiever. You know, it's always about winning. It's always about, you know, being, doing all the things you think you need to do to be accepted, seen as important, all of the things. Um, I grew up, uh, in Canada, which is where I am now. And one of, one minority, like one visible minority in the school type of thing. So you're an only, so therefore you're representing everybody of the whole entire everything. And I know you may understand what that feels like. And so you have to be all the things to prove to the people that you're valuable. That's what women have in common with me. I've been there. And the problem that I found was at the end of the day, when your, your um, priorities change, I had my daughter and I didn't know who I was anymore because I wasn't achieving all the things. Cause I'm like, I want to be like, I want to be a mom and I want to take time with her, but that's not doing all the achieving stuff that would tell me that I'm valuable. So if I'm not achieving, then I'm not valuable. So this sucks. And I spiraled into, I call them the sad times. Now, you know, I wouldn't say I was clinically diagnosed with depression, but I don't think you need to be in order to know what that was once you're on the other side. That's what it was, where you lose that sense of hope about why the heck am I even doing all of this? And I did everything you girls are doing. I dressed in all black and I tried to make myself disappear. I drank too much wine on the weekdays. I tried to numb myself that a way to go, I don't know what to do. So this is how I'm coping. And the turning point came when I couldn't see my way past. And I, I tell the story about how, you know, the show on A&E about called Intervention. And I never could watch that show because like, you know, the addicts and it just, it would make me, I couldn't watch it. There was a moment at the bottom of the depression where I could watch them take their drugs and it didn't affect me. And it scared the life out of me because I realized that if I could watch it, I was them. And I had it confirmed by a counselor that I had called. And she says, Michelle, you're on the brink. If you can relate to the addict, you are one. Or you are at the point where you could become one. Are you okay with that? And I'm like, no. I can't stand to lose all the great that I have in my life. My husband, child, marriage you know, that's at stake. And it was at that moment that she told me how you get out of this is what I just told you today. Discovery. She goes, you got to go back to yourself. You've got to pay attention to yourself. Everything else moves off the table. And that's actually when I started to be my own image consultant. I started to go, what do I like? I started doing art again. I've always been an artist I dove back into color and I'm like, what can I do with this color? I started to put it on my body. I started to seek out the psychology of color, but on a deeper level. My psychology of color has three levels. One for yourself, one for what you're telling people and what is aspirational to you and persuasive for influence. I did all that and I did it all for myself. And then I started to share it with people. And then I started to image consult ladies 
And then I started to see it happen. And it's an all in evolution, Joy. It's all an evolution. And it never would have happened if I hadn't been there myself. I wouldn't be so passionate about it, which you guys are reading as confidence, if I hadn't done it myself. And that is what every woman can own. Your past is your history, but it's writing your future if you look at it properly. But you can't do that if you don't do the self-discovery and own who you're becoming. I love that. And, you know, women can connect with you because, you know, they can work with you as a, you know, as an image consultant and a and a life coach to go through this process where you help them to do this self-discovery, where you help them to find that personal style and connect with who they're becoming. You also have a podcast called The Confidence Shift Podcast, so they can get information there. But I'm really excited that you have a book coming out. I am. Um, And, you know, books are great. This book can really be transformational. It's Show Up Confident. Tell me about this book and what women will be able to get from this book. You know what? This book is a lot of what I've shared with you today. Um, I will say this book is not my program, but this book is... It's the prequel to what I do. It's the prequel. It is my story of how I came to do what I do. And what women will learn is how to find new resilience, which is the sister to new confidence. It's the idea of learning how to see yourself differently through life's changes I always wanted to write it in a way that would, um, I say, be my when I'm dust project, that when I'm not here anymore, it's what I've left. If you remember nothing else from me, you can remember what I teach you. And it is a way for you to start that discovery process that's so important, a way to see your transition and your changes in a new way, and a way to prepare yourself for your day by thinking about who I'm trying to be next. Who do I want to be next while I weave my stories in there? So I say it's a it's a part memoir, but part personal development guide that gets you moving in the right direction. You can see why they call Michelle the confidence stylist. She will have you get your whole life together starting with your closet. To learn more about her book, podcast, or to connect with Michelle, please check out the show notes. Thank you so much for listening to The Joy Sutton Show. Don't forget to subscribe, share it with your friends, and leave a review. And remember, this is your time to shine.